0: All right, uh, we're in the what third Sunday of a series uh, called Five Things God uh, Can't Do. And so remember this series is all about uh, not just figuring out okay, what are those five things, but in the process of discovering uh, the nature of God, you know that, that God has to act consistent with His nature. And because God has to be truth and true to His nature, there are certain things He just can't do, which means there's things that He simply is. And that's what what we're learning. So if you remember, first week uh, we said number one is, God can't lie. Excellent, thank you. God can't lie. Uh, That, you know, He is truth. It's His nature. And so that means we can just hold on to those promises. We can run to that truth and just hang on to that word that God gives us in all those promises. Number two is, God can't want your worst. He only wants your best. Excellent. God can't want your worst. He only wants your best. Now, today, as we take the next step, uh, we're going to build on that truth to discover the third can't. So here we go. As we uh, move forward in this, we need to do a little reality check today. And the reality check is that obviously God can't want your worst and God always wants your best. But the reality check is the world deals out the worst. That is, while God wants our best, the world can deal out to our lives the worst. Sometimes as we walk through our days, as we walk through our life... Life just doesn't unfold the way we want it to, the way we expect it to, the way we dream or think it ought to be. Instead, there are times because we live in this broken world that things just don't go the way we think they ought to go. And sometimes they just go bad. And we get from the world the worst. See, we need a quick reality check this morning. As much as we're talking about the five things God can't do and discovering all the things then God can do, we also have to have that reality check that reminds us that not only is God loose and working in the world and in our lives, but there's also another power working in the world. In our sophisticated intellectual culture, we don't perhaps like to step back and recognize that reality, but it is absolute biblical truth. You can go to the book of Job. The book of Job, you go to the sixth verse. It says, One day when the angels had gathered around the Lord, and Satan was there with them, kind of a nice picture, isn't it? Satan was there with them. The Lord asked, Satan, where have you been? Satan replied, I love the answer. Oh, I've been going all over the earth. (laughs) You get it? Oh, you know, I've just been messing around here and messing around there. (laughs) Oh, I've just been in that person's life and, well, I've been over in that person's life and I've just been kind of taking my opportunities, you see. I've just been taking advantage of the moment. I've just been kind of roaming around a little bit here and there. And the answer is always I have been accomplishing the worst. I have been accomplishing the worst. See, I would have loved God just in response to that question at that moment to just say, well, okay, doing what? That's what I would ask my teenager. What have you been doing? Well, I've been, you know, here and there. Well, doing what? What? Doing what? We know what? We know that there is an influence and a power loose in the world and that power is out there trying to do its worst in your life. Trying to turn your life upside down. Trying to ruin the relationships you have at work. Trying to get its hooks into your marriage and spread you apart from your spouse. Trying to get into the relationship you have with your kids and create animosity, anxiety between you. And young people... Listen up. Every time you walk down the the hallway at school, evil is loose trying to do the worst. And it wants nothing more than to get its hooks into your future by the choices it persuades you to make. We need to have a reality check. While God wants our best, there is a power loose in the world that wants our worst. We live in a busted place. Sin is loose in the world. Broken is the world. And because of that reality, the Bible is straightforward with us about life. It says in our life, we're going to experience some troubles. Because of that, We're just going to experience some challenges, some disappointments, and some troubles. Let me show you. If you go to Matthew uh, 18, Jesus is talking to His followers, and He says, the world is in for trouble. See it? The world is in for trouble because of the way it causes people to sin. There will always be something to cause people to sin. But anyone who does this will be in for trouble. I love the phrase in that verse. There will always be something. There will always be something. There will always be something at work that's going to cause you frustration. There's always going to be something in your marriage that has the possibility of dividing you. There's always going to be something in your relationship with your children that can equally create separation and distance. There's always going to be something. There's always going to be something. There's always going to be something that can frustrate you and disappoint you. There's always going to be something that can just be trouble the Apostle Paul, one who is not too unaccustomed to challenges and trouble in his life. In Romans 8, he gives us kind of a laundry list of troubles that can come our way. Now keep in mind, he does this couching it with a positive understanding. He asks a question that's positive and he ends in a positive. But notice what's in the middle. He says in Romans 8, Can anything separate us from the love of Christ? Can trouble... Suffering and hard times or hunger and nakedness or danger and death. It is exactly as the scriptures say. For you we face death all day long. We are like sheep on their way to be butchered. See now his positive is the beginning and if you read on his positive is the end. But the stuff in the middle... By virtue of him putting it there, he acknowledges it exists in our world. While God wants our best, the world can bring us the worst. And when the worst happens, when the worst happens, the psalmist helps us understand how our life can begin to spiral. Spiral. If you turn to Psalm 22, it helps us understand when the worst happens, when the worst happens, it can leave us feeling absolutely alone. Listen to the Psalm. My God, my God, why have you deserted me? Why are you so far away? Won't you listen to my groans And come to my rescue. See, when the worst comes into our life, it is easy for us to begin to feel like God is so distant. Like God is so far away that God has abandoned and walked away from us. And we're left only with the aloneness, the isolation, and the separation. When the worst comes into our life, it can lead us to feel worthless. Look at the psalmist again. The psalmist says, but I am merely a worm. How low is that? I am merely a worm, far less than human, and I am hated and rejected by people everywhere. He looks in the mirror and we don't even know what caused him to feel this way. We don't even know what the trouble is. We don't know how big it is, how little it is. We don't know. We only know the worst has come into his life. And he looks in the mirror and says, I am absolutely worthless. (laughs) There was a Sunday school kindergarten teacher and uh, she wanted to teach her children about how how God can can create new life. And so she kind of put together this little popcorn song. Anybody know the popcorn song? Yeah, she put a little, little popcorn song together, right? And so she got the kids, taught it to them, and started to teach them. And, and what happens during the popcorn song is the kids start singing the popcorn song, and then they become little kernels. You know, and they get all little down on the floor. They get all bundled up, you know, and they're singing the song. And all of a sudden they say, pop! Everybody pops up. The kids loved it. That was fantastic, you know. So they sing the song. They all hustle up down there, and then they get on the floor, and they all curl up, you know. And then all of a sudden come time, and they all go, pop! All except one little girl. The teacher saw one little girl and she was just there, just kind of huddled down there on the floor in her little kernel position, you know. So the teacher went over and got down on the floor next to her and she said, Honey, what's the problem? Why didn't you pop? little girl looked at the teacher and said, Teacher, I'm a dud. Do you know how many people look in the mirror and say the same thing? And they feel so worthless. When the worst comes, we can feel so alone. And we can feel so worthless. When the worst comes, it leads us to feel overwhelmed. Overwhelmed with life it just keeps getting deeper and heavier the psalmist tried to create images to give that to give that a name and so you go to the 12th verse and it says enemies are all around like a herd of wild bulls powerful bulls from bashan are everywhere the psalmist looks at the worst of what's happening in in their life. And all they can see is forces at work, powerful forces beating upon them and trampling them down like a herd of wild bulls, just pushing against them and trampling them down further into the ground so they feel even more like the dust and the dirt of the earth. See, we could finish that psalm and and put our own thing uh, at the end of there. We could say, my enemies are like." And create the own images that we have in our life. The reality is when the worst comes into our life. We can feel so overwhelmed. So overwhelmed. Like something is just pushing. And weighing. And trampling us down. And when the worst comes. When the worst comes. We feel weak and powerless. The psalmist said, I have no more strength than a few drops of water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like melted wax. My strength has dried up like a broken clay pot and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You, God, have left me to die in the dirt. The psalmist looks at the worst that is happening in his life and he says I am alone I am worthless I am overwhelmed and I am weak and I am powerless I am simply in the worst and you sit this morning and say okay well that's really exciting it really is because when you discover that moment when you're in the worst you will discover the nature of God and you'll discover the third can't in God's nature and when you discover it life changes and the worst dissipates the third can't The third can't that you need to just bury deep inside of your heart is that God can't. Do you hear that? God simply can't abandon you. I don't care how worst it is. I don't care how overwhelming it feels, how much it is, how heavy it presses upon you, how trampled down you feel, how worthless you feel. I don't care what it is that's going on in that long list that Paul has given us, a stuff that can come into our life. God's nature says He can't abandon you. He just can't. He can't walk away from you. Oh, you could walk away from him but God can't in his nature walk away from you especially when you're in your worst when evil and the world is trying to pound you down as much of it can as much as it can God simply can't abandon you the psalmist the psalmist comes to that truth he says The Lord doesn't hate or despise the helpless in all of their trouble. You see it? Did you see that word? All of their trouble. All? All. All? Yes, all. Anything? Everything. God can't abandon you in any moment. It's not in His nature. No matter what the trouble is, how big, how small, how overwhelming, or how little, it doesn't matter. God can't. Abandon you. When I cried out, he listened and did not turn away. You see, there was a moment when his own son came into the world and the worst did its worst. And there was a Friday when the earth turned dark and Jesus hung up on a cross. And while he hung there, he lifted up his voice and he said, My God! My God! Why have you forsaken me? Why have you abandoned me? He felt everything in that moment that is the worst in our world. And while Satan and the enemy was moving around at the foot of the cross and saying, I love it, the world is going to be mine, God could not Abandon. He couldn't abandon. And three days later he brought Jesus Christ out of the tomb alive. He can't abandon you. He can't. No matter what the worst the darkness would try to do in your life, he can't. Abandon you. In fact, not only does He not abandon you, but the Bible says He chooses to come and be with you in the very midst of whatever that weakness and struggle and trouble would be. Jesus said in John 14, if anyone loves Me, he'll obey My teachings. And My Father will love him. And we will come to Him and make our home with him Jesus says he's gonna move in he's gonna move in good times bad times whatever times trouble or gaiety he chooses to move in and he promises to never move out he can't abandon you Isaiah the prophet he understood that as he faced the challenges that he faced the trouble that came his way Isaiah says, But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. You listening? Young people, you listening? O Israel, the one who formed you says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I will never abandon you. I can't. I can't. And when you understand that, when you receive that in the nature of God, then you pop and life becomes different. Even in the troubled times. Just the knowledge, the truth of God's presence creates hope for us. It creates hope for us. Look at Paul, again, a guy who was accustomed to a whole lot of trouble in his life. Look at, as he wrote in 2 Corinthians, he says, we often suffer, but we've never been crushed. Even when we don't know what to do, we never give up. Now notice this verse. In times of trouble, God is where? With us. And when we are knocked down, we get up again. Why? Because God can't abandon me. God can't abandon us. God is always there. God is always working. And God always wants our best and God can never lie. And so when the worst of trouble comes into our life, we know God can't abandon us. And when we get knocked down, we can get up We can get up because God can't lie. We can get up because God wants our best and His promises are true. We can get up because God is with us. We can get up because this trouble will not last. We can get up because God has something greater in store for us. Paul said to the Romans, I am sure that what we are suffering now cannot compare with the glory that will be shown to us. When life knocks us down, we get up because we're not alone and because God can't abandon us. Nor can God abandon the dream, the future that He has for your life. Paul says to those Romans, but if we look forward to something we don't have yet, we must wait patiently and confidently. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. When we get knocked down, when trouble comes in our lives, when the worst tries to do the worst, when the enemy tries to rip life apart for us, God is still there. God is still with us. God still has a future for us. And we wait confident. Confident. That God is greater. That's what Paul meant when he gave us that laundry list. It wasn't to dump out the laundry list, it was to tell us. It was to tell us the victory. Hear the words again. Can anything separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us as if we're have trouble when we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scripture says, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, 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 no. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. I'm convinced. I am absolutely convinced that nothing can ever separate us from the love of God. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. God can't abandon you even when life is deals out the worst. Now, here's the problem. You back up with me again? (laughs) God is good. Here's the problem. God can't abandon us. If you receive that truth, when you leave the room today, when you go back into that world where we all understood it does its worst, Remember what evil said? Oh, I've been just going here and there. You are going to meet people out there who are in their worst, who don't know the truth of Jesus Christ. And all they know is the worst. Can you abandon them? Can you look past them? Can you walk through your day saying, God is with me! And then turn around and ignore? You see, if you accept this truth today, it's not just God can't abandon you, but God wants every person. All of those people out there in your workplace, all of those people out there in your PTA group, all of those people out there that play soccer with your kids, all of those people out there, kids, young people, all those kids in school. The world is trying to deal them the worst. Can you look past them? Or do you hear them? Are you listening? Not only God can't abandon you, but God doesn't want to abandon anybody. If you're in the room today and you're feeling overwhelmed like that young girl, if the world is doing its worst today, God won't abandon you. And I can tell you what, Christ Church won't either. Christ Church won't either. We're here because the world dishes out.